In this podcast episode, we're going to talk about whether or not you should bring on a partner into your business. Coming up. And welcome back to another podcast episode. Glad to have you here for the few minutes that we'll be talking. In this episode, we're going to talk about possibly bringing on a partner into the business, whether you should, you shouldn't, should it be an employee first, what do you need them to do, what are your goals. We're going to talk about high-level overview of if you or if you should not bring on a partner. So this topic actually came out of a question that someone did me. So here's the actual DM that I received. It says, I've had a question about adding a partner to my business. I'm not sure how much I should pay a worker to work for me. And I was wondering if you could help. Now, uh, he, he also sent me another message. But before that, there's, all, there, there's already two different things going on here. Um, when you say adding a partner, generally speaking, that's going to be a, another individual that holds equity or some type of ownership in the company. Um, and then the second part of that statement says, I don't know how much to pay a worker. And now a worker sounds more like an employee, a part-time helper, you know? So those are already two completely different things. Saying a you have a partner versus you have a helper or a worker mean two different things. So it's just important to note that. It, it's, it is better to use the proper terminology because if you have a helper, but you're calling them your partner, then, I mean, not that you could, if you took it to the extreme, have legal ramifications, but oh, like just generally speaking, it's probably better to use a proper term. So if it's a helper, right, someone that gets paid hourly or a percentage of the job and they have no ownership of the company, then yes, they are a worker, helper, whatever you want, whatever you want to call them in that regard. If they have ownership, if they have equity, if they, you know, of some sort own the business, then they will be considered a partner, generally speaking. So the second part to this state, to this uh, statement was, I'm looking for someone to help me with the detailing work to cut down time and to take on more customers per day. Most of my customers love the full detail package, but it takes five to six hours by myself. Also having someone to help me, I can have more time with marketing ideas and work on ways to grow the business. A partner would be great as well, but I'm not 100% sure I want to split my company 50-50 with someone. Now, there are a lot of assumptions here. This is why when someone asks me, hey, should I partner up with my best friend, with my brother, with my girlfriend? I always say, 99% of the time, I'll give the default answer of no. It's best that you, you two start separate and six months to a year down the road, if it makes sense, then you should, you know, merge the companies together and be under one roof. But for now, start individually. This is exactly why I always give that piece of advice because based on what this person is saying, they would go down a terrible rabbit hole thinking they're doing the right thing, thinking they're doing the right moves in their business, but it will end up in chaos, in problems, maybe in six months, maybe in six years. But with this type of education of what it takes to have a partner, I see it going down badly. And not to talk you know, down on this person, but I used to work at a business law firm. And this is exactly what we were, this is what we specifically handled was divorcing companies, meaning there's two, three, four, five partners in a company 
and things aren't going well, people aren't getting along, and someone, either three of the five uh, owners want to kick someone out, so then how do you mitigate that? How do you find a fair deal? How do you get one of the partners to leave? Especially when there was no proper prior contract made between the owners that would, you know, kind of guide you through how a partner would exit. So, you know, not that I, you know, I'm by no means anywhere close to being a lawyer, but I do have much better experience in the business law world than I'd say 99.9% of detailers out there. So, um, so talking about this one, okay, he's talking about a lot of different things. And this is exactly what you're going to go through. So first and foremost, if you're busy with work, right, meaning you have a lot of customers, which is great, your calendar is booked up, which is great, you don't need a partner right now. You just need someone to help you with the workload. So you can easily, easily hire someone for however much is a decent, you know, pay in your area and hire a helper. They don't need to be super passionate. They don't need to have three years of experience. When I had my cousin helping me, Anthony, if you guys remember him from YouTube, um, he didn't know anything about detailing. He's never cleaned a car properly, but he just wanted to work. He likes to work. He's used to working outside. And literally within three days, he was up and running, helping me knock out interiors and exteriors day in and day out. It literally took not much time to get him to understand what he needed to do, what not to do, and how to effectively help me clean and detail these vehicles. So you don't need to automatically say, oh my God, I'm booked out a week and a half. I need to find a business partner and give up 50% of my company. No, you you literally just have to find someone that can work, what, 10, 15, 20, 25 hours a week and to just take off a little bit of the load, right? And it's not like the the, the, the helper is going to do everything. It's just as it says, a helper. They're going to help you clean the wheels. They're going to help you clean the interior. They're going to help you clean the engine. So you don't need someone that's going to take 50% of your company or, you know, they need to go to training and become a, a paint correction specialist. No, you don't need any of that. If you're just busy, then get a cousin, get a friend, get a brother to help you with the basics of detailing. And here's the thing. Most of the detailing that you do, I know a lot of you don't like to hear this, but most of the detailing that you do isn't unique. It's not special. You don't need a specialist to fulfill the work that you're doing. As much as you want to say, you know, I'm the one that washes the vehicles. I know the perfect form. I know the perfect technique. I know the how the chemicals work. What you're doing, 80% of the work that you do can be done by someone else that is not you. That is the cold truth of detailing. Most of what we do in the detailing industry is replicable by literally anyone, granted, as long as they have a good work ethic, right? Obviously, if you get the wrong person that doesn't care, that doesn't want to do a good job, you can never teach them to do the right job. But if you find someone that has a good work ethic, that wants a job, and that cares about doing a good work, whatever that job is, they'll be able to do a good job. So that's very important to note. So one, identify, do you actually need a partner and you need to actually have someone that's like vested, has a vested interest in the company that has ownership and equity? Or do you just need a part-time helper to help you knock out the cars, right? Those are two completely different things. 
Now, going on to this to his statement though, is that um, having a partner, having someone to help me, I can have more time with marketing ideas. So this is a good one. If you get, if you're working forty, let's say if you're working sixty hours, I'm making up all these numbers. If you're working sixty hours a week, and you get a helper that knocks your work down to, I'm making up numbers here, guys, to thirty-five hours a week, then you have an extra, let's say, ten hours a week to work on marketing and growing your business. That is a very good investment. I know a lot of us have the idea of, oh no, I don't want to hire anyone because I'd rather keep all the money to myself. But the problem you don't realize is the more time you spend out in the field cleaning a customer's car, correcting a customer's paint, applying a ceramic coating, cleaning leather seats, the more time you spend out in the field, the less time you have on growing your business. That is something you have to realize. The more time you spend out in the field, the less time you're working on your business. You're not working on anything that will move the business forward. You're just getting the work done. And most of the work that you're doing can be done by someone that isn't passionate, that isn't you know an expert at detailing. That is the truth. So yes, he's making this, the proper statement where if he gets more time, if he frees up more time to work on his business, to grow his business, he will get more customers to then service to make more money. So yes, correct on that part. The part where he's again a bit wrong is a partner would be great as well, but I'm not 100% sure I want to split my company 50-50 with someone. Okay, so here's another big, big, big misconception. Just because you bring a partner into the company, you do not have to split it 50-50. You split it, you split the company or split ownership or equity, however you want to call it, based on whatever that person is bringing into the company. So let's say I'm making up all these numbers. Let's say me, I have a detailing company, right? I started it. I've been running it for the past five years. I've invested $25,000 and I'm currently making uh, $12,000 a month, okay? If I bring on a partner and their specific role is to just focus on the marketing side, right? And I'm going to keep on on the operations and, and dealing with customers and doing all that good stuff. And the partner isn't putting in any money. Um, he won't be dealing with any customers, but his just his main job is to just get more customers and leads into the business. Well, do you have to give 50%? No. 40%? No. 30%? No. 20%? No. 10%? No. 5%? It really just depends on what is fair and what you two come to an agreement on based on the jobs, the duties, the roles that each are going to do and what each person is putting in. So let's say that um, you're starting a brand new business, right? And although you're going to do all the work, you're going to handle 95% of the work, but you want me to put $50,000 down well, you want me to invest $50,000 into your business. And for that, you're going to give me 70% of the business. And I'm just making up numbers, but you get the point. Because you're not putting any any money down and I'm putting $50,000 down, I'm going to want ownership of 70% of the company. These are just made up numbers, but I'm just giving you an example that it doesn't matter if you bring one partner in or four partners in you don't have to divide the equity equally. It's based on what each person is bringing into the company. So if you bring someone on, it could be a 10% ownership. It could be 15%. It could be 5%. It's all based on what is fair 
based on what each individual person is bringing to the company. So does it have to be 50-50? No, it certainly does not. It would make sense to, if you're starting a business that's not, and here's why I say like, if you're just, if you're just starting a business, you should not get a partner because you're just starting. There is no value in the company yet. I would highly recommend if you and your friend want to start a business, why don't you guys just start separately and six months to a year, if you guys really want to do it, then join up. But you don't have to start off together. Like if you see a lot of case studies on startups, most of the time, the companies that have a co-founder or a partner usually are a lot are much more successful than single owners. Meaning, if you know, if if someone starts, I'm just, this is like for the startup technology world. But when when there's a company, a startup that has one owner, one owner versus two owners, the startup with two owners usually outperforms the startup with one owner due to the fact that you just you you have more strengths covering the weaknesses because there's two people versus just one person. So is it an absolute necessity? No. Do I recommend it when you're just starting? No. I I would say you have to be in a very specific spot in your business to say, hmm, it really makes sense for me to bring on a partner that has actual interest in the company that will really give it their all to see it successful. It would have to be a very specific situation for me to say, yes, it makes sense for you to get a partner. So how do you split up the ownership between two owners? Again, there is not going to be any specific formula. There really is not going to be any specific formula. 60 40 70 30 60 uh 65 35 80 20 90 10 that can all make sense if everyone knows exactly what they're doing and what their what their responsibilities and duties are going to be that's really all i can say it's 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 very difficult to say you know as a rule of thumb it should be 80 20 it's it really shouldn't it's really dependent on what each person is going to do so a few, I mean, if, if you want a partner, just ask yourself this. What are your business goals? If you want a partner, though, if you do want a partner, what are your business goals? Do you want to have a company that makes $500,000 in annual revenue per year? Do you want a company that makes a million dollars in annual revenue? Or do you want a part-time job, I mean, a part-time business that makes $20,000 uh, per year on the side? You know, what are your goals with your business? What revenue do you want to hit? Because that will definitely help see which way you want to go with a partner. Now, let's say you have a full-time job, um, your whoever else has a full-time job, and you guys are like, hey, you know what? I want to put 25000 down. You want to put 25000 down. And you guys have a, a, a much better plan to execute. I could say, yeah, maybe it would make sense to become a partner. So it is going to be the highly dependent, 100% dependent on your business goals and what you have in mind over the next three, six, nine, 12 months. Again, but this is only for very specific scenarios. Nine out of 10 times, I'm going to say just start on your own and six to 12 months, then think about joining forces together. But I will say just start on your own. So clearly define what do you need a partner for? Like, Like write down the goals. Okay, what will this person be responsible for what are the exact results that i want from this person if they if they come onto the company and don't don't think about anyone like oh you know what 
my brother would be a good fit. No, no, no. Don't, don't put a person to the job. Write down what that job role and duty is going to be and then see who's the best fit for that. And if your brother or girlfriend or best friend doesn't meet that criteria, then don't go through with the partnership. So write down what the job's going to be and find the best fit for that person. Don't pick your person and then see how they fit into the company. That's not how to get a partner. So going on to the next question is, do you need a partner or an employee? I covered that earlier. Most of the time, if you're just busy, it would, be, it would make sense just to get an employee or a helper. That employee or helper, if, you know, can always convert to a partner if they really show they have what it takes and that, you know, if they meet all your criteria, sure. But for the most part, you can get away with saving a lot of time and energy out in the field simply by getting a helper, a worker, a part-time, whatever you want to call them. You can save a lot of time and energy just by getting uh, someone to help you. Now, let's talk about how do you find a partner? Now, I am no expert by any means. It's not like I've done this multiple times. I've done it once. It turned out well. So I can only give you my advice on what I looked out for and what I kind of helped guide me find a partner. So what? how do you find a partner? Okay, so it's going to take time. It's not like you just go on Facebook and search for business partner, right? It's, it's not that simple. You will have to go through multiple iterations, not iterations, but you'll go through multiple phases of like, oh, I think that's a person. Oh, never mind. Oh, I think that's, oh, never mind. So it will take time. It's not just about saying, oh, you know, who's a, who's a funny person or who's the one that's always commenting on my post on the detailing forum. It's going to take time to find someone that you trust to help you grow the business. Okay. It's not going to be like, hey, I found this person on Saturday and by Tuesday, we're working together. It's not going to be that fast. And this is getting a partner into your company is the exact same thing as getting married to someone. It is literally verbatim, basically the exact same thing. If things go wrong, if you don't plan it out properly, if you want to, you know, get divorced as partners, and you don't do your due diligence, it can turn very, very ugly. And trust me, I know this by firsthand experience. I have seen personally, I have personally seen partners divorce from their companies. And guess what? It's not saying, okay, Jeff, it was nice knowing you. Bye. No, I mean, I'm talking about you're going through litigation. You're spending twenty, twenty-five, thirty, forty-five $45,000 on lawyer fees separately it's it can be a very long terrible drawn out process that could be a lot of it could be avoided if everyone did their due diligence from the start but most people don't you know why because most people say oh that's my best friend since seventh grade he won't do anything to hurt me oh we don't need that things are gonna go fine no trust me he won't do anything like that i've known him for so many years those exact same people that say that are back in, you know, the lawyer's office trying to get a divorce, trying to, you know, make things right or at least not go to litigation and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on fees. So when you bring on a partner into your business, it is the exact same way as getting married, right? They, it's literally the exact same way. Think about it just like that. It is the exact same way as getting married. It can, if it goes bad, it can be very costly, very, very costly, not only financially, but just the energy. And trust me, you don't have to be making hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars for things to get out of hand. 
I've seen personally businesses with just a couple thousand dollars in revenue and the owners are fighting till the end, drawing up lawyer fees because they're just stubborn. That's like that's literally what it comes down to. You just they can't agree. Their personalities do not align and they're literally fighting tooth and nail over this business that barely makes any money. So before you say, oh, well, you know what? We're not making that much money right now. It doesn't really matter. Trust me, it, it, it definitely can't. Like, it could definitely just be a simple thing that you guys separate, but it can definitely turn into something nasty and ugly. And it, you, you think you know the person. You think you know your best friend. You think you know your brother. But once any amount of money is involved or any type of potential of, what, of how much money can be generated and things don't go right, things can turn very, very, very ugly. So instead of saying, you know, where do you go look? Because that's hard to say. Facebook forums, in-person in events, uh, you know, at, at, car, at car detailing events, it's hard to say exactly where. But what's most important is knowing what exactly you need from that person to fulfill in your company. It's knowing exactly what you need. And it's going to have to be the opposite of what you are. If you love the marketing and business side and you love the, you know, making ads and creating and working on your website and posting on Instagram, then you need someone the opposite of you. You need someone that wants to be out there in the field that's, that's you know, that's um, responsible for the operations, that handles the customers, right? So you need the opposite of, of who you are. So if you just absolutely cannot stand marketing, you just don't know how to, you know, you're just not tech savvy, you just don't care about any of that, okay, then it makes sense for you to hire someone that does have total sense of that side of the business. So you have to hire the opposite of what you are. You literally cannot have two of you as partners. You can't have, you can't have well, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it is nowhere near as efficient. You won't have nowhere near the impact if you have two people that absolutely love and are passionate about detailing and no one is focused on the business side. And on the other side, you can't have two people that are super passionate about growing a business and marketing and sales and neither of them love to detail or like being out there in the field. That's just not gonna work. One person has strengths, the other person has weakness, and then you make sure that each other covered those strengths and weaknesses. That's the, that's the best combo to have in a partnership. You need to both have one person's strength is the other person's weakness and vice versa. And this question comes up a lot. Well, how do you pay your partner? How do I pay my partner? There is no set guideline. It's going to be dependent on how much is the business generating. How much does each person need in order to live their lifestyle? Can you pay um, hourly versus salary versus bonus. Like how, you know, that's when it, the compensation plan is going to be totally dependent on how much money your business is making, what each person wants. Now, something to clarify is that you could say, oh, I want to be on salary, right? Like even us in our business, right? We're technically on salary. But the reality is we are on commission-based. Right, as a business owner, nothing is guaranteed. There is no, oh yeah, for sure we're gonna get fifty customers this month, or for sure we're gonna make you know six thousand this week. There is no certainty in the business. So although you can say, hey, look, we're on salary, it doesn't mean at all by any stretch of the imagination that you actually will have that revenue every single week, every single month. So it's gonna be 
super predicated, super predicated. It's going to be very predicated on how much money you're bringing in on a monthly basis, seeing how much you can actually pay out. And this is going to be a conversation that you have with your accountant. Your accountant will heavily advise on what is yes, what is no, what is seems um, doable in the current state of your of your finances. So with this one, depending on where your business is at, you would want to consult with your accountant to say, okay, look, you want to get paid four thousand. This person wants to get paid uh, six thousand. You're making this much. Like this is a conversation you want to have with your accountant, and of course. It's also just like the person's lifestyle, right? If they always like to spend money on whatever, whatever, and they don't save and they're always buying things, you're going to have a tough time growing the business if the person is just very materially, whatever, like likes to spend money on material things and you want to like, you know, spend as little as you want so you can reinvest in the company, boom, you have a problem. So it's, it's a very, very touchy situation because you need to make sure that your characters, your personalities, your your lifestyles align to not each other, but to the business goals. So it, it's getting a partner, hiring a partner, finding a partner is a very, very, very tough time because it, it's such an impact that it will have on your business and on your life. So I'll go ahead and end it right here. Let me know if you have any comments or questions by sending me a DM on Instagram Um, I've gotten a few questions on this subject. So if you want me to go more into more into detail on anything or talk about how to keep the relationship or like how Lex and I communicate on a daily basis and how who's in charge of what I I don't know, ask me your questions about partners and I might do some. I just I don't see many other people, many other detailing organizations be looking for partners. I could be wrong. I just don't think like this is like a very hot topic that a lot of you want me to speak on. But nonetheless, if you have those questions, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, and I will, it'll just give me a better sense of if or if not, if I should or should not make these episodes. So uh, you can follow me and send me the DM at Detail Groove, or you can shoot me an email at oscar at detailgroove.co. Now, if you want to download the ultimate guide to start your detailing business, check the show notes. And other than that, I will talk to everyone on the next one. Bye-bye.